Did you know that humans have brains that are prone to addiction? So how do we protect our kids from addiction to excessive gaming and screen time? That's what we're going to discuss today with my special guest, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. She's a well-known brain scientist and author, and hers was the first TED Talk to go viral way back in 2008. This interview was so insightful with so many aha moments that it's split into two podcast episodes. This is the second one, so if you haven't had a chance to listen to episode 10, do that first. This episode will make a lot more sense after you've heard the first conversation about the four sides of the human brain and how a child's brain and a teen brain is actually different than an adult brain and why that matters. So in today's episode, episode 11, we talk about addiction and the human brain. How do we protect our kids from excessive gaming and screen time? We'll talk about how to empower teens and tweens to make good decisions in this episode. Grab a pencil. You're going to want to take notes on this one. Welcome to the Unplug and Plug In podcast for parents, where we explore your relationship with technology, as well as how to help your child develop a healthy relationship with tech and screens, and most importantly, you. I'm your host, Lisa Honnold, and I'm founder and director of the Center for Online Safety. Thanks for plugging in with me today. I am excited to introduce our special guest today. She is profoundly gifted at taking complex scientific information and boiling it down into ideas that stick and are helpful in understanding humans and the way our brains work. One of my all-time favorite quotes is from her, be responsible for the energy you bring into a room. Dr. Taylor is well known as both a Harvard-trained and published neuroscientist and a person who had a stroke at a very young age and spent eight years recovering. Her memoir, My Stroke of Insight, documents her experience with stroke and the recovery process and has been on the New York Times bestseller list for years. And her second book, Whole Brain Living, The Anatomy of Choice and the Four Characters That Drive Our Life, helped me understand my brain in new ways. I highly recommend both of these books. So welcome, Dr. Jill Bolte-Taylor. Thank you, Lisa. I'm happy to be here with you. I've been looking forward to this conversation because you're managing a population that I don't often get to chat about, and I love it. So in episode 10, we were just starting to talk about what creates power in the brain. And it's not what you think. It's not saying yes to everything. It's actually pruning back and saying no to some things. So that's where we're going to start today's episode. Be sure and listen to episode 10 if you haven't yet. Power in the human brain is our ability to inhibit ourselves, not our ability to excite ourselves. Because I can come in and I can say, oh, yeah, I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to do this and I want to do that. And I want to hang with them and I want to do that. And it's like, yeah, I'm going to go do it all. Well, there's no power <laughs> there, right? That's chaos. That's out of control. The power in the human brain is our ability to inhibit and to make reasonable, rational choices. So really, it's a matter, I think, of, of asking little people, who do you want to be? So if somebody says, well, I want to grow up and I want to be a dancer, and even if you know they're never going to be the best dancer on the planet, 
fuel their dancing. This is positive energy. Well, then they want to do this. And then we, we say, oh, well, you know, you wanted to do that. Now you do this and you're all over the map. And it's like, you need to make decisions. And it's like, mm-hmm. no, that's not what the teenage years are for. The teenage years are for a healthy exploration of who do I want to grow up to be as I get older. And it is the responsibility. That's the beauty of being a parent to help direct them because their brain's all over the map. (laughs) So our job is to inhibit, I would say I'm a CPA by training. So super analytical. And it sounds like you're talking about an opportunity cost. If I'm doing one thing, I'm not able to do another. And I understand that this is a good path forward. Such a good idea to be thinking about not the excitement piece as much as what will I be inhibiting to grow in the future? Where 10 years from now would I like to see myself and how, what, you know, what are the stepping stones to get there? And that's a conversation that parents can be leading, can be having with their kids, because who isn't interested in their own self-development, self-growth and, and feedback? I love that. Yeah. And look at you. Here you are, you're a CPA, which means you have to have a really strong character one, or you are not going to be any good at being a CPA, yes. right? And those of us who would never be a CPA, your CPA skills are so much more well-developed than mine, right? But I might be more musical than you, or I might be more artistic than you. It's not good. It's not bad. It's the diversity. So you need to spend your time doing something like this. I mean, here you are, you're now having conversations with other people. This is growth for you because you're not in a box working with numbers. You're actually in a computer box communicating with other people about a bigger picture issue that you care passionately about, which is how you exercise your right brain. So you are purposely choosing skill sets that allow you to be a whole brain, whole human being. So thank you for that. And thank you for for the messaging and the information that you're showing up for. Most character ones, they don't want to do that. They want to go (laughs) do what they do. Right. And you're saying, well, I care about this and I, you know, and it's good for you. This has been very growthful for you. Yeah, I'm sure you've met very interesting people. You've had very interesting conversations, so much so then that you have shared them with your audience so that it's not just about, you know, your relationship with your clients who you're working for. No, yeah. you have become a much more whole brained person. So congratulations on that. And you're modeling that for other people. Thank you, Dr. Jill. And you know what? It's uncomfortable moving from a place of character one where I get feedback all the time that I'm really good at what I do. But what changed for me, what shifted for me was I had kids and my heart got broken open into character three. This, uh, we are all connected and I do care so much about society and other people's kids and my own kids and the trajectory that I see them on. It shifted everything, becoming a mom and watching the the struggles with technology. It really shifted everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think one of the, the other things, beautiful, thank you for sharing that. When I think one of the things is what we say no to is just, you know, mm, the decision, the delicious, right? So we have to be very careful 
about as we go back to shaping and helping shape our children in what are they saying yes to? You know, there's a marvelous man named William Urey, Bill Urey, and he is one of the leading negotiators on the planet. And he does negotiation between places like Russia and the Ukraine. I mean, he's at that level of negotiation. And he's written a collection of books that I encourage. First of all, there are a couple of books that I would say to parents. The Primal Teen is my favorite book on the teenage brain. I don't know if you know that book. It is a beautiful, beautiful book. Yeah, read that book. Have a book discussion on that book. It is a beautiful book. And then also look up the books of Bill Urey, How to Get to Yes. Our power as human beings is not what we're saying no to. Because I can say no, no, no. Oh, Jill, will you come over for dinner? My power is not in saying no, thank you. My power is saying, I'm saying yes to tennis this evening. And that's already said. So my power isn't in, and then you say, oh, come on, you can play tennis anytime. And it's like, the no is a weak. The yes is the power. So always ask when you're looking at your children, helping them figure out what are they saying yes to and encouraging their yes, not just always coming in with a no. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a powerful idea. If you become that no person, they're not going to come to you with, with uh, questions anymore. They're going to assume they know the answer yeah. and you've lost them. Yeah, you're no longer a participant in shaping their future. And when it comes to something like say no to drugs, I mean, the war on drugs was a horrible idea because all the brain heard was drugs. (laughs) Didn't hear the no, right? right? It doesn't hear the no. We overstep the no. What we do is it's like, yes, I'm going to go back to that little, that little, uh, that text that says, oh, ping, dopamine, somebody's talking to me. And it's Mm -hmm. like, oh, mom said, yes. Oh, ping, dopamine. Okay. Yeah. Oh, mom's going to encourage me to do sports or mom's going to encourage me to, to do math or mom's going to encourage me to say whatever. So no is really counterproductive at so many different levels, including the brain. So, so really figuring out how to to communicate with a teenage brain where they are all over the place. But then you also have to be careful. Oh, well, if mom wants me to do it, then so-and-so, then then I don't want to do that. And it's like, that's a deeper conversation. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much here that we could explore for weeks to come. A sneaky thing that I do, and hopefully it's a good thing, is to say yes, when, yes, when this happens. So can I go hang out with friends? Yes. When your room is clean. Yes, absolutely. Today, that's you can exactly go hang out right. With yeah, it, it's like no, you haven't cleaned your room. I mean, <laughs> that's who wants a different to, energy, right? Yeah. That's a whole different energy, and you're saying yes. I want you to go play with your kid, with your friends uh, after you clean your room, and then it's like, oh, okay, ping. I get the double. I'm going to get the clean room because that'll make mom happy. And then I get my the ping of my kid, my friends. So the brain is all about this. Where do I get my ping from? And again, the diversity, trying to encourage that level of diversity so that all the power doesn't just hook into that addiction circuitry, which can then routinize itself into something that is unhealthy as a lifestyle. It's just not diverse enough. We want to mm-hmm. be diverse. And and if, if dad 
let's say let's say mom's a CPA and mom is all that left brain character one and she wants it all done like this and the kid comes out and it happens to be very musically inclined well if mom says well you that's a waste of time we're not going to oh. do that that's a waste of money you have to choose between this and math and you're not studying math so we're going to get you math instead and the kids go and you know and 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 their brain is all, all they're getting is the energy of no 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 hmm. you're not going to get any satisfaction ping and what am i going to do i'm going to run like hell from mom every time i hear her voice or i hear her steps on this her feet on the steps i mean we have this beautiful brain that allows us to look at the bigger picture of what actually is my influence in my mm -hmm. child's life. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that child is going to hear, I'm not good enough as I am. My interests aren't as valuable to my mom as what she wants me to do. That's so hard. Last question before right. we do our final question. Can we talk for a minute about in whole brain living, you talk about negative and positive feedback systems. And I think this is really an important conversation for technology in general, for screen time, social media, all of that. You mentioned a negative feedback system like I'm hungry versus the positive feedback system of what is social media or screen time in general. Can we talk about that? Okay. Yeah. So, and now we're talking not emotionally positive or negative. We are mm -hmm. talking about how cells communicate with cells. Okay. So there's a cell that says, let's say I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I feel hunger. I eat food. And that system then tells my, myself, my cells satiation. I have eaten, turn off the loop. Mm -hmm. Okay. So so, so I have a desire, I satisfy the desire, and then I walk away from the desire because now it is satisfied. All done. Okay. Yep. So, yeah. So, so, so that's one loop. The other loop is where I'm on my technology and I get a ping and I go to the ping and I get this hit of, oh, excitement, satisfaction. That's good. And then I want more. Right. I'm not satisfied. I want more. Mm -hmm. So I, I, instead of, so, and this is, this is how I really encourage you. To, I'm so glad that you brought this up because the, every, about everything that we do, whether it's talking to a friend or talking to some a potential new relationship where, you know, I get a ping and it's like, oh, and then I want more and then I want more and then I want more or my technology. Oh, I put a post and oh, I got a click. Oh, I got a click. Oh, I got a click. Oh, I got a like. Oh, and then I want more. I want more. I'm not satisfied with what I have. Right. So pay attention to the things in your life, the loops in your life that are essentially negative feedback, not being negative, bad, but I, I have it and then I'm satisfied. I mean, that's a healthy loop where mm -hmm. we go, 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 go. That's when we hook into the addiction of more. I want more. I want more. I'm never satisfied. I want more. And boy, technology just just was specifically designed. And I'll also say this is that, you know, I, I became famous because of a TED talk that I gave. And it was called My Stroke of Insight. And it was back in 08. It was the first TED Talk that ever went viral. So it Ted and I got famous together. <laughs> so I meet all these 
We did. I, I, you know, I'm a Jill. I thought I was looking for a Jack. No, I was really looking for a TED. Who knew, right? <laughs> so anyway, so I meet all these amazing people at TED. And some of these are the people who create Twitter, who create all of these different social media. And the last TED I went to was a, a few years ago before the pandemic. And I sat down with one of these creators and I said, what are you doing now? And he said, you know, my colleagues and I, we've created a monster. And now I have children, him saying, huh. now I have children. And now I'm watching how my children, we have so hooked into the addiction circuitry of the brain that because of us and what we have created, they've made billions of dollars, mm -hmm. but they have compromised the sanity of our society. And now they, they feel bad about that. And so now they're working on other tools that they can use to try to help the technological addiction that they created. So it's very, you know, it's interesting as, as humanity, their brain went paying money, paying money, paying money. It didn't matter what we were doing to society. Yeah. It didn't matter how we were training the human brain toward more addiction. But now that they're older and they're realizing, oh my gosh, look at the negative thing that we did and how do we catch that monster and bring it back mm -hmm. into the cage and calm it down? And they don't know how to do that. That gives me yeah. some hope. Having perspective change and having them be parents and understanding, you know, it's not just about hacking the brain and getting the brain to want more and more and more of this, but now it's about trying to manage as parents and as a society and what have we done that gives me hope. It also frightens me to death because there's always going to be that next generation who doesn't have that perspective yet. So yes, I'm working yep. legislatively. Yes, I'm, you know, working with individual parents and schools and all of that. There's just so much to do. I feel like we're far behind with this, the current generation. Hopefully the next generation will have more guardrails, but this current generation, we want to do what we can to not completely leave them to the wolves. Well, you know, and, and here I am going to plug Whole Brain Living. Because mm -hmm. in Whole Brain Living, I do have a whole chapter on our relationship with technology and how technology yeah. over the last hundred years has shaped the anatomy of how we learn. And the boomer brain was much more left brain based and our society is skewed to the left, but the right brain became more prevalent as soon as our children's very first relationship was a little, a little bear that talked to it. Right. And so, so that changed everything. And then the learning tools of technology is actually training our right brain instead of our left brain. So we, we actually are neuroanatomically different from our children's brain and how they've learned. And what that means is how they think, how they relate to the external world, how they relate to their own peers, how they relate to the older population. I mean, there's always been a generational gap, mm -hmm. but this is a neuroanatomical generational gap that is new in the last hundred years because of technology. So if any of your audience is interested in that level of conversation, they really ought to pick up whole brain living. I think it's a beautiful analysis of how over time we are actually at that cellular level 
very different from our millennial children Mm -hmm. and then our generation Z and then the little alphas coming in. Mm -hmm. That's a great, I I agree. That's a great chapter to look at from a historical perspective. And you go back a hundred years, talk about all of the shifts. I go back a hundred years. Yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. All right. I know we could talk for days. Last question is always the same on the podcast. And that is what are you consciously unplugging from right now? And what are you plugging into? I live on a boat half the year out in the middle of a beautiful lake out in the middle of nowhere. So I have pretty much unplugged from the chaotic world that we live in. However, I do plug in through the computer. Uh, So I am very conscious about how much time I spend with technology versus how much time I spend doing my balance, which is nature. So I I live a very unique life. Literally six months of the year, I am out here in glory. Most of the week, I don't see another human being and Mm. unless it's, you know, through technology. And I'm very careful about my schedule and how much time on technology because I know this, you know, this is big energy suck for me. So I say yes to you, but what I'm saying, saying yes to next is I will have one more conversation with the world today and then I will unplug completely and go soak my head in the lake and play. So I, I, but you know, I have built this life for myself. And I think that we do have much more power over who and how we want to be in the world. And some, to many, this would be, you know, the worst life that they could absolutely imagine. But for me, this is, this is the one that resonates with my soul. And I think that ultimately that's, that's the question. What are you saying yes to that resonates with your soul and then live your life? There's so much so many options here. Explore who are you and how do you find your balance and your peace and then embark on that. Woo. What a great way to end. I hear you saying that you're living with intention, that you've created a life that supports the different characters in your brain and gives you pieces of what you want. So I love that you're going to go soak your head in the lake a little bit later. That's fantastic. Absolutely. Dr. Jill, I appreciate your time today and hope to get to talk to you in the future. Thank you so much. Perfect. I would love to. It's a great, great subject. Thank you so much, Lisa. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Take care. Don't you love hearing how Dr. Jill says yes to what lights her up, both professionally and personally, and takes care of the different parts of her brain? I'd like to end with her quote, what resonates with your soul. Do more of that. Yes, go do more of that. As always, thanks for listening to the Unplug and Plug In podcast. Be sure to always have the latest episodes by following us on your podcast platform of choice. And how about leaving me a five-star review? It's quick and your feedback will help more parents see the podcast. So thanks in advance. If you're interested in more parenting tips around technology and relationships with your kids, sign up for our newsletter at centerforonlinesafety.com. See you next time.